all of that was about helping across. When I started hiring people like Taraji and Viola Davis and Idris Elba, they couldn't get jobs in this town, but God blessed me to be in a position to be able to hire them. I was trying to help somebody cross. When I built my studio, I built it in a neighborhood that is one of the poorest black neighborhoods in Atlanta so the young black kids can see that a black man did that and they can do it too. I was trying to help somebody cross. That studio was once a Confederate army base, and I want you to hear this, which meant that there was Confederate soldiers on that base plotting and planning on how to keep 3.9 million Negroes enslaved. Now that land is owned by one Negro. It's all about trying to help somebody cross. While everybody was fighting for a seat at the table, talking about Oscar so white, Oscar so white, I said, y'all go ahead and do that. But while you fighting for a seat at the table, I'll be down in Atlanta building my own. Because, because what I know for sure is that if I could just build this table, God would prepare it for me in the presence of my enemies. Rather than being an icon, I want to be an inspiration. So thank you, BET, my new family. Thank you, everybody. I want you to hear this. Every dreamer in this room, there are people whose lives are tied into your dream. Own your stuff. Own your business. Own your way. God bless you. Thank you, BET. Thank you, Scott. I love you. Let's get to it. Tyler Perry face. OJ Simpson face. You can tell. Is that what you're watching? Are you watching OJ making America? Uh, by accident, I saw it when it first came out, but I was watching the wash low, sort of watching it, not really watching it. The draft, not the draft, the uh, free agency special. And then the OJ thing just came right back on. I just never changed the channel. So, yeah. Today's face is inspired by a default. O.J. Simpson documentary on ESPN2. Like, that's not even... You're not even being creative with the face anymore. I kind of took the cheap way out, too, because Tyler opened this up. We just saw Tyler Perry's face Sunday at the BT Awards, so don't even act like, you know... Well past Sunday, I was mainly going with him opening his Oh. Right now, it's not well past. Mm. Maybe when other people hear it, it might be. So, yeah. We're soon to go. You inspired. That's where I'm going. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Feeling good. Feeling great. Feeling and, great. Uh, feeling good. How? You said you were watching it, but not watching it. The uh, free agent special. I'm I'm gonna be so happy when this is all over with. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of annoying with the speculation and the guessing, and I'm hearing and the rumors and reports say is like nobody knows what these guys really want to do. <laughs> like. I mean, not the media guys, at least. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, their agents and, you know, one or two relatives or close friends might know. But 
like nobody really knows. You may have a really good guess as to, you know, where they would land, but, you know, stop acting like, oh, yeah, Kawhi, it's, it's the Clippers, or, like, you don't know that. Like, Kawhi don't talk to nobody. Nobody knows what Kawhi's doing. The nigga's still in Toronto as we speak. Like, knock it off. Yo, they make news out of everything. He was in Lowe's getting boxes, and everybody was, oh, see, he's definitely <laughs> leaving. I'm like, I cannot wait. Who do you think sets everything off? Oh, man, I don't know. I want to say Kyrie. I want to say Kyrie because of all the of all the big name free agents, to me, Kyrie is like his situation is not enticing for him to come back next season. Like Al Holford already opted out. Those young guys, they've been chirping all season. It's been, you know, turmoil the entire like Boston is hasn't been the same ever since Kyrie. So of all the all the free agents, I would say Kyrie. Kyrie is the most likely to just already know that he's leaving <laughs> and be the first one to be like, all right, I'm going here. If I'm going to do a lot of asking if you are blah, 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 blah on this particular episode. If you're an athlete who are, who's considered a big free agent, are you telling your agent put it out as soon as possible or are you are you waiting to see what everybody else does? Oh, well, if you're big enough, you don't have to wait to see what anybody else does. You know what I mean? Like, no, but I'm saying, like, the ripple effects. Like, do you yeah, want to? Yeah, be... that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're like KD, he doesn't need to wait to see if who's going where to decide where he wants to go. Like, he's a big enough name that he would just, you know, attract people to him. Um, for guys like uh, Chris Middleton or like a Bradley Bill, something like that. Uh, I can see them waiting, playing the waiting game, you know, seeing where the, where the chips land, goals where, how situations pan out. Um, but for the bigger names like Katie, Clay, Kyrie, like, I don't see the point in them waiting it out. You know what I mean? Like, just, just go ahead and announce it. Say what, you, say what you're doing. And let's move on. Yeah, I don't, I don't want this. This free agents, like we've been talking about this free agency class. I feel like forever since and during July first. Yeah, and July first is not. It's not getting here quick enough. It's not getting here quick enough. I don't know how I feel about uh, who is going first or what they say. I'm just anxious to see the ripple effects of it. Um, you said Kyrie. If I had to give a guess, I'm going to go Clay. And not because he's the biggest name in free agency, but to rehab and keep moving and not have to worry about it and put it behind you. I'm going to say Clay. I can see that. I can see that. Because if he doesn't get the max deal from the team that he wants, sure. 
I'm I'm going someplace else that will. But I'm 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 gonna say I'm I'm gonna say Clay. Okay. How long do you think Clay's gonna be out? If I go with my hot take that I said last week, that more and more people that I speak to, although they laugh, they can see where it makes sense. Um I'm going to refresh your memories, folks. I did say Melo should go to Golden State. So if that does happen, not to say that it will, but if that does happen, I can see him sitting out until they make the playoffs because there would be no need to come back before then unless he's ready. I'm going to say Clay was doing jumping jacks and sprints on a torn ACL. So I'm going to get from six months, seven months, the max. I think he'll be back really quickly. Um, he's, he's, he's a gym rat, and he doesn't like to miss games. He's, you know, he's crazy passionate about, about basketball, and I just think that he's, like, freakishly, not physically like a LeBron but he probably has like some Wolverine healing <laughs> to him. Uh, like he tore his quad and he only missed a, a few days. It's like, and when he came back out, it was like you couldn't even tell he was injured. Um, so he probably would have been fine for game three. Um, even but, when he tore his ACL, he ran back out, shot ran, the, like... Yeah, he ran back out, shot his free throws, made them, ran back to the locker room again. He was doing jumping jacks. They were reporting in the locker room, seeing how it felt, seeing how it felt, um, doing all types of craziness, like, on a torn ACL. Like, the nigga's nuts. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say after All Star break, Clay will be back. Um, I don't think it will be enough. I'm calling it. I've said it already. Golden State will not make the playoffs. 2019, You are out of your mind. Okay. People said That's, I was out of my mind when when I was saying that the Raptors were gonna beat them for the title. People were saying I was out of my mind. It was like, hello, it's obvious they don't have KD. The Raptors are a way better team. They're deeper. They have length. They have three-point shooters everywhere. They're that, one of that, the top five defensive teams in the league. Like, I don't know why people were saying Golden State were going to beat them. Because without that, wasn't Kevin obvious. that wasn't that obvious. That wasn't that obvious. That wasn't obvious? That they were going to win without Kevin Durant? No, it wasn't obvious. And you know why it wasn't obvious? Because Kawhi Leonard did not show up for six consecutive games he had spurts have to he didn't have to look at the look at the the other pieces that pascal siakam 30 plus the first game marcus all 20 plus uh danny green out of nowhere who was shooting like 27 percent throughout the freaking playoffs he scored like 26 in oakland um little fred Van, whatever his name is, he scored 20-something points. Like, Golden State had nobody else doing that. It was it, Steph, it was Clay, 
And then you had crumbs, Draymond crumbs, Iggy crumbs, Quinn crumbs. It was nobody giving them 20 plus points consistently. And, and with that, they got game blown three, out. One, like... game. one game. They only got blown out one game. With everything that you just mentioned, they only got blown out one game. Yeah, and they almost won those two games in Toronto. So... It was very obvious. I don't know. I don't know what basketball you guys were watching. I don't because they, you know, they ran through the Blazers, and people were like, you know, stuck on stupid. I don't know, but the Blazers and the Raptors is apples and oranges. It's like don't even compare the two. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't know. I don't know how people didn't see that. The Raptors. I wouldn't say obvious. Because you didn't know that you would be without KD for the full series. You There was thoughts that he was coming back, and he did come back. And the spark that he gave you, it did look like, oh, okay, well, yeah. KD's clearly the difference maker here. But I wouldn't say it was obvious that they were going to beat the Warriors. Nigga, we all knew KD wasn't going to do anything. They were calling it a calf strain, and he was out for a month. Like that's not. It doesn't add up. Back to your mental toughness, I do think Clay. Um, and I that this is what I hate about when they do those stupid stats because I think it was game two. Clay Thompson has been on a blah 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 streak for uh, postseason, and what happens the very next game? He didn't play. I hate when they do that. It annoys me. Yeah. That'd be ESPN. Those yeah. stupid stats. That annoys me. But yeah, he does have a mental toughness that um, puts him in a position where he just wants to play basketball. And yeah, that's so why... that, that, that goes to my point. I don't think that the, the, the Warriors are going to make the playoffs, but if he comes back by like All-Star after All-Star break and they can look, you know, make a little push... Um, Depending on who comes out west, the west is already, you know, looking kind of stacked with AD in LA. Um, You're not even giving them a seven AFC. You're saying they're missing the playoffs completely. Well, okay, if we go through it, you have San Antonio, who's always there, and they're getting their star point and guard back in Deontay Murray. So you can't count them out. Um, I never do. Utah, right. Nobody never counts the Spurs out. Utah was the fifth seed last season. They just added a veteran point guard who, although we might agree is overpaid, he is a solid guard and he can help Spidey out there and he can do some things out there. So you can't count Utah out. Houston still has their pieces. You can't count them out. Um, The Lakers, you have to put them in the mix. With the addition of Anthony Davis, LeBron coming back healthy. Um, who else? The Clippers. Can't count the Clippers out. We already saw what they did last season with, you know, growth and maturity. They can You can only imagine what they're going to do next year. They add a piece or two. We don't know. We'll see. Um, who else is out there? 
The Blazers. The Blazers. Denver. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. OKC. I don't see a place for Golden State with just Steph and Draymond and a 40-year-old Iguodala and a 40-year-old Sean Livingston coming off the bench and Quinn Cook, five Sean, feet. Sean Livingston will not be in a Golden State uniform by starting. Yeah, I, think, I hope he retires or they, you know, do away with him because he's just, he's completely useless. He's completely useless. Um... They had a nice run together. You know, he made a good comeback. He's probably one of those uh, forgotten stories of making a comeback. But I remember when he blew his knee and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And he fought his way back and, you know, he went through some teams and he finally found a home in Golden State. And it's been, you know, it's been nice those first few years. But now he's just, he's too old. He can't shoot that well. Like, it's just enough already, Sean. Um, so, yeah, I just don't I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. All right. I'm not going to spend more time on uh, Warriors and all that other stuff. We do have a whole host of free agency uh, that will kick off July 1st. Um, I don't know if you want to do intermittent episodes during that or you just want to save it and cover it all in one episode when they start going crazy. Mm. Um, we'll talk about it. Not in front of the people. All right. Uh, NBA Awards. I really wish they moved these things back to the uh, postseason um, during the um, playoffs. I really wish because I forgot that they were coming on and I didn't care after the um, the finals. I didn't care who won what. Yeah. It, I feel like they could just um, I feel like Adam Silver could just do like a press conference like from NBA headquarters or something. I don't know. And just announce it you know what I mean, and and send the awards to those guys, and they can do their acceptance speeches, however they want to, because that was it was it was corny. It's corny. Nobody cares. It's too far removed from the NBA season. None uh, of the big names are actually there, except for the people that yeah. are for MVP. Everybody else is in China doing promos yeah. until the season. Like yeah. And I, I, I understand I understand their, you know, the scheduling and things like that. You don't really want to do it uh, right after the season because players are kind of like in playoff mode. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of difficult to, you know, fit it in where you can. So that's why I just, like, just let the man do a press conference and, and announce it like, like how they do the lottery. Defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Like again. <laughs> yeah, again. And Lou Williams, again. Like let them get ship it off to them and let them do a speech or whatever or celebrate however they want to. Like that was 
That was corny. Any surprises? Um, no. I figured Giannis would win because they had the best, like they were the they had the best record. They were like top, top of the league in defense. Like they were like they were the best team. Um Yeah, I was I was expecting Giannis, Lou, Goldberg, as I call him, um, Luca, Pascal. Like there was no surprises to me. Yeah, Luca had ninety eight <laughs> votes, and it wasn't even close. Like who? <laughs> yeah, I think if Trey Young would have put on that performance all year, earlier, yeah, he came on pretty late. So that was an it was you know that was a no brainer. And Luca had performed well the entire season. Trey didn't really pick it up to like you know close to the second half of the season. So I totally understood why Luca won that. Um, but yeah, that was that wasn't close to me. Luca was going off all year. I like the Robin Roberts moment. That was pretty cool. Um, Shaq was terrible to me. I'm like. <laughs> He come out trying to do a freestyle. (laughs) 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 Nigga, please. Um, Jay Farrell, that was funny. Um, But it was just, yeah, those are my favorite moments. Jay, um, the Robin Roberts, and Giannis' speech. Uh, Other than that, it was like, all right. God bless. Giannis was not a surprise. Uh, His speech... Looked like he was crying. Well, he wanted to cry from the start, which made me want to ask you in this game of what would you do? (laughs) (laughs) Where if you win an award for for anything, if it's a sport, if it's a whatever your award is, at what point of your speech do you know you're going to have to be like the tears are going to come right here? I know. What person are you going to get to when it's like, all right, either take a deep breath or make a joke. Ooh. Probably my husband. Yeah. So you you'll save him for last or you would would you put him first to get it out the way? For last. Yeah. He was crying for everybody and I said, oh, "Okay, that he he truly mean, he truly means this." Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see his girlfriend in it. Did they break up? I didn't even know the man had a girlfriend. Yeah. I didn't even know he had a girlfriend. Uh, To be honest with you, I don't know what part of the speech would get me choked up the most. Because I was thinking about that. Um, He almost made me... I almost had to uh, tell Tiffany to stop cutting onions when he said, <laughs> obviously... Uh, I want to share this moment with my father. I'm like, oh, don't do that to me. Don't yeah. you do that to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my moment would be, but I know my mechanism when I've given speeches before for me not to like cry or hold together either from nervousness or whatever <laughs> was to take a long pause or to go into like a joke just so it can... Re- Remove some. Have a go-to joke, or it's just something like a freestyle off the top. 
Nah, it's a freestyle. It's got to be a freestyle. Because if it's too, if it's too uh, prepared and people don't laugh, then yeah. <laughs> you got to freestyle that thing. Um, what's weird, it's not really weird. They're actually African, but they're from Greece. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know why I know that. He first came here. His mom, and I say this as respectful as I can, I saw her and I was like, oh, no, they're African. Like, I had somebody <laughs> who's African tell me, oh, nah, he's African because of his last name. I'm like, he's from Greece, fam. He was like, nah, not with a name like Antetokounmpo. I'm like, all right. But when I saw his mom yesterday, I'm like, oh, yeah, they, these niggas are African. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. She had well, sharp a native, a native Greek. Because his name is Greek Freak? Nah, I thought um when because they were kept saying that he was from Greece and he was this phenom and all this other stuff, I was automatically thinking that that's just where they were from, not anything else. Gotcha. Not anything else. But uh his speech, uh his speech was cool. How do you feel, or did you hear, rather, about them doing away with the title owners? No. What is that? What happened there? Apparently, the NBA is making a change to remove the title team owner, and now it's called team governor or something to that effect because they don't want the implications of slavery to resonate when people think of owners. Okay. I, I thought it was like a, eh, yeah, all right, I see that. It doesn't really change anything, but I understand why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool story, you know. Yeah, they asked a bunch of players, and they were like, "Yeah, it really doesn't make a difference to me." Like, yeah, because they still really own those niggas. Like, <laughs> you don't gotta call me an owner, but still own you. That had to spew from a, uh, I think, bronze comments earlier in the the season about that the slave mentality and all that other stuff. You know, whenever whenever LeBron speaks, you know Adam Silver likes to try to yeah. Hastily. Yeah, and I didn't know that in 2022, they're going back to the high school thing. Like, you can go to the league straight from high school. They're cutting up NCAA once again. And you know what I thought about? That's right in time for little Barney to graduate <laughs> and come straight to the league. Because remember, I told you. There's no way LeBron is sending his kid to college where they're gonna make millions, possibly billions off of this off of this kid's image, his likeness, and that boy don't see none of that and he can't he can't earn none, nothing from it. Jerseys in his name, he ain't seeing a penny from it. Sneakers, he can't get no endorsements while he's there. Nothing. I said that on this podcast. I cannot see LeBron sending his kid to college under the NCAA bylaws as it stands and sure enough I heard the other day I was like oh makes sense to me 
because him and D-Way's son is going to kill in high school this season. And I think D-Way's son is like two years older than him. And he's going to college. But as soon as Bronny graduate, Drake Their kids just don't need the money, though. I can understand for like a Zion Williamson or like the next big talent yeah, that has been discovered. For Bronny, it wouldn't be about him being earn, him being able to earn money or him um, like you can't work or whatever and get paid or you can't get gifts or whatever or you can't um, or the college isn't paying you. They're only giving you a scholarship. It wouldn't like that wouldn't matter for Bronny. For somebody like Zion who's dirt poor like that would matter, but for Bronny, it would be the image, the money that the college is making off of him, that he can't, that he can't see himself, and his father as a businessman, watching his son, all over CBS, all over TNT, jerseys, everything, face on everything, and they ain't seeing none of that. He like, ain't no way you gonna exploit my son. Nah, that's my money maker, not yours. NCAA. You think Bron will pimp his son out? Because he's made like I feel like Bronny Jr. is only doing it for the love now. Because you you don't need to, you know, you're not living a dream through me. You're not you don't have to buy me a house. Like I've already set you up for the rest of your life. This has gotta just be like a hobby. You seem a little cocky. You follow him on IG? I do not, only because th- that weirds me out, just following celebrity kids. Yeah, that weirds me out, too. I only follow, like, three of them. Um, I think it's Asad. <laughs> <laughs> I follow Asad, uh, Tiana Taylor's baby, and D-Wade's baby. The rest of them is like, uh but he's older to me, so it's like that that's not that weird. Um, but yeah, he seems a little bit cocky. I hope he gets the, the high school and they embarrass him. Not in a bad way, but just humble him a little bit. Yeah, he 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 needs it. He needs it. Yeah. Cause your father's the talent that was once in a lifetime that we probably won't see again whatever have you, like, he was the one that was getting that attention in high school. You are you have his name. We don't know if you play the same yet. He's nice, though, and he he's big. That nigga is big. He's, like, 14 or 13. I think he's 13. He's almost the same size as LeBron, like, height-wise. And he has a big neck. He looks like a man. Like, you've seen him. He looks like, he looks like he's 22. Like he can get anything right now if he if he slid in somebody's DM. Like he, I'm sh- pretty sure he could pull it because he looks like a, a grown man. So he's gonna have the physical attributes. That's gonna be there. He's already dunking on people on a lowered rim. Let's not act like he's dunking on regulation. No, not that. It's not that much lower. About a, like six inches lower, I think. Eight inches, something like that. Callie! Callie Alley. Shut that baby up! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we gotta see. Again, 
And what would you want to have a comment? Because we're talking about uh, parents setting their kids up and all that other great jazz. I want to have a conversation with you about parents working and not working. And this is going to be great because I want to ask your experience as a, would you call it, home, uh, in-home engineer? Domestic engineer. Domestic engineer. Yes. All right. So, in having a conversation with people that are either working or domestic engineers as yourself, your household, I'm not going to assume is one income, but I'm just going to use you as a general scope so you can see where I'm going for the conversation. Cool. We're going to assume your household emails, salary, or whatever have you, sustaining, what is it, six of you guys? Yep. Okay. So, would you at any point feel like with you being a domestic engineer, would you, A, consider working again? Is there a B, C, D? And e? I'm going to let you answer that first because it's, it, that's just going to feed into everything else. But would you consider working again? Yes. Okay. If you did not consider working again and emails one salary took care of the six of you guys and he clearly had to do whatever it took to make sure that bills got paid and you guys were taken care of would you beef if you didn't get to see him or your children barely got to see him because he was working all the time no as a domestic engineer you would not beef no okay would you beef if he had to work multiple jobs to do the same thing and still you and the kids weren't in a place where you saw him frequently no you're very different from a lot of people and I'm not going to say a lot of people you're very different in a sense you're very different in a sense where some people might feel like, oh, well, they're always working. We don't get to see them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, but if I've made a conscious decision to not go back to work and we need the money then and, and he's going out getting money, how can I complain about that? I'm glad you said that. Because And then if he didn't work, then that's another argument. You only have one job. You know that's not enough for us. You need to be doing more. So, like, well, in what situation would he win? Meanwhile, I'm making a conscious decision not to go back to work. That's why I asked you to begin with, because that's pretty much the, the center of this conversation is people that make the decision no, I'm not going back, but then complain. Oh, well, he's not here. We barely get to see him. Yada, yada, yada. Like, but the premise is you made a choice 
that you could easily reverse. Right. Yeah, it's that simple. I had a, a Father's Day. I had take a Uber, a Lyft, rather not Uber. I took a Lyft. I take Lyft more than Uber. Anyway, I took Same. a Lyft, and the driver. It was. Wait, it was, do you have that subscription thing with Lyft? What subscription thing? It's like a membership. You pay like twenty dollars a month or something like that, and you get ten percent off all your rides. I don't know what I pay. I know they constantly send me discounts for rides, and I'm like, "All right, I'll just keep you." And I think that's why I keep using them because I keep getting those discounts. I don't know what I have. Oh, I, know, I don't know. I know it's not a monthly thing. I know it's just linked to my PayPal, so I don't ever have to. Gotcha. And that's another thing where it's weird for me where if I use PayPal, even though it's coming out of the same account, I feel like, whoa, I don't see it right away, so I can forget about it easier if I just do pay with PayPal. Anyway, right. the the driver was telling me, um, wish me happy Father's Day when I got in the car. And we just had a really, really interesting conversation because he was saying that he works, um, he works full time and then he does Lyft as a part time, which isn't uh, a surprising scenario or anything different. But what he's what he was sharing with me was he was only doing Lyft part time because he wanted to take his four year old son to Disney World next year. Okay. So what I didn't ask what his family dynamic was. I was just caught up in him doing what he needed to do as a father. To make sure he took his kid to Disney World. And he said, you know, um, I tell him all the time, you know, dad's out working. If you don't see me, it's not because I'm just out here, you know, gambling away or acting stupid or being a knucklehead. I'm actually working so that way, you know, we can eat. You can do the things you like to do. And and having this conversation with this Lyft driver, I, I, I said to him, I'm like. But that's just what dads do. It, I don't know if it's a, a program thing and maybe it's something that I saw. Maybe it's something that I do. And I said it so general like, oh, well, that's just what dads do. And it's like, nah, you would think that that's the mentality some people have is oh, I got to do what I got to do to make sure my family is straight. That brought on the conversation about the whole uh, working and stay at homes and things like this, things like that. I honestly, and I have no qualms. I've said it up here. Yeah, I worked, tempt and did Best Buy. I tempt full time and then worked at Best Buy uh, to try to take care of my family. So I'm, and I'm of the cloth of if it requires me to work two and three jobs then i'm gonna work two or three jobs not to say i'm gonna miss time with i'm gonna not miss time with my family but i understand what needs to be done right but you saying you would go back to work is not even paramount because you said you wouldn't beef if you understood he was doing what he was doing for the family yeah, that, it only makes sense to me that if, you know, if it's six of us and it's going to take a hundred grand, you know, to keep us bills paid, 
mouths fed, clothes on your back, but the job you have now is only paying you 25, then like you got to make up that other 75 somewhere, somehow. So I can't be upset that you're trying to do what you have to do so that all six of us are clothed, fed, with a roof over our head, because that's what a man's supposed to do. Look, look out for his family, take care of his family. And then if he wasn't doing it, you would be calling him a loser. You ain't no real man. You can't take care of your kids. You can't take care of your family. It's like, and what situation would he win? It's either I have to do what I have to do, or I'm just going to do the bare minimum and take the heat for it. How would you make that home, uh, I guess I'm going to say peaceful while that happens? Uh, you just play your role. If you're a domestic engineer, then the responsibilities include taking care of the house, taking care of the individuals in the house. And, you know, that's what it is. Do that to the best of your ability and go about your business while your partner is out, um, you know, doing work at his job, one, two, whatever it is, getting money. You're a domestic engineer. You should be at home taking care of yourself, your kids, you know, making sure the house is in order, making sure the kids have food, making sure everybody can eat, making sure the clothes are clean. Make sure the place is decent, you know, livable. And, you know, go about your business. You do you while partner is doing him or her. When when I when I lived with Chuck and when I was unemployed and I was trying to find first off, that's that's a conversation we're gonna have later on up here is going to college, getting a degree and still not being able to find a job. The college scam. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have that conversation. But when I was unemployed, when I was living with Chuck and he was working, I was collecting unemployment, but I, I just felt bad sitting in the house. And it was like, all right, well, let me at least try to keep the house clean. Let me at least try to uh cook because I just felt bad being in the house all day and there was nothing that I could do to uh, you know, be like Hey, yeah, I'm living with you. We got bills, like, and yeah. that—that's my brother. But I—I I felt like, nah, this is gonna weigh on me. I can't just sit at home and watch Netflix all day. I like, that's just me. I people may be different, but that's just me. I always felt like, let me at least, at least, do what I can do on the home front to make sure you know, like. We ain't bumping heads because I'm just sitting here. He coming in, and I'm in basketball shorts all day, and I haven't moved. And I have a a butt print on a couch now because I've just been (laughs) sitting there all day. Yeah, that's the you know that's the mentality that I have, and that's what I would assume most domestic engineers like. That to me, that's the point of staying home. You know what I mean? Like to make the home comfortable and, and livable for for your spouse. If he's out working two jobs, the least you could do is have food for when he come home. 
You know what I mean? And, you know, some clean uniforms so he can go to work smelling like, you know, something decent and not like <laughs> a man that works 80 hours a week. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> to me, that's just the whole point of being a, a domestic engineer. Like, otherwise, just go back to work so you can have the excuse of, well, nigga, I work too, so... I was at work too for eight hours. I mean, you want to have that mentality, you want to have that excuse, and just go back to work. But if you're home, that's the point of you kind of being home, is that you can do these types of things, cook, clean, you know, for these type of stuff. Now, I'm going to ask you with the same numbers that you threw out if it costs a hundred to take care of you, and he had a job that was only providing the 25 and it was just his income because you made the choice to stay home and Bill started to pile up and I'm only doing this to play devil's advocate here um, Bill started to pile up you guys were behind and were on the verge of being removed from your home are you still making a choice to stay at home or are you trying to be like okay well let me at least try to get another 25 to like help dig us out of this hole um well depends on the situation if there are kids involved are they small kids school age kids will it require daycare fee after school fee um paying someone to pick them up fee uh because if so, then that probably doesn't help. But if it's maybe just one child, yeah, you can consider going back to help out. Okay. And uh, you mentioned children because that's a, a part of it. And I don't want to just keep saying, well, yeah, let's add this, let's add this. Children are definitely a part of it. But if it were, if it were your scenario, your your current scenario, would you be like, nah, it's better for me to be here than for us, for me to try to go out to get another 25 to only have to pay? All right, so and- to, make it, to make it personal, to bring it home, many of you guys know I have four, ch- four children two in school, a set of twins, two years old, that I stay home with. The school that my boys go to have half days once a week, every single week for the entire school year. So, and also they get out at a weird time. So for me, I would have to find someone to pick my kids up, bring them home, and find someone who has the schedule to pick them up on a half day once a week, every week. And then I have two-year-olds who would need full-time daycare. So for my situation, it 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 does not make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't make sense. 
So that's why I am home still domestic. <laughs> the peanut gallery just said me either. <laughs> She's acting shocked as if she mumbled that to herself. <laughs> no, we heard you. <laughs> but yeah, kids being involved, uh, it does kind of turn up the pressure a little bit. And it's kind of segueing me into the next thing. And it's a quote that I saw today that I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, the hardest part of parenting is the gradual release. And I know you said last week the show Euphoria made you nervous about when your kids get to that point. Mm-hmm. What are you more nervous about? That gradual release? Because that entails a lot of stuff. Or them being independent humans on their own, not needing mom anymore. See, I'm weird because I wouldn't mind my children not needing me. Like, I'm trying to teach them that right now, and they're not even, like, they can't even, like, fully reason on their own. I'm like, just do it by yourself. Like, don't ask me. (laughs) Um, I'm probably just saying that now because of, you know, because of the moment. Um, But, yeah, when the time comes, when they're, like, 13, and they're they got a clique of friends and they're into activities and they're not coming straight home from school and you don't see them until like eight o'clock. Yeah, I'll probably feel much differently. But for now, I honestly cannot wait for that release. (laughs) (laughs) At what age would you let them travel by themselves? Oy. All right, Let, let's bring it down from, let's scale it down from travel by themselves to at least go to the store by themselves. Uh, I would say 10. Is that Ari? No, that's Aria. Oh. She's fighting sleep. She's smiling now, but yeah. <laughs> Ten, they can go to the store by themselves at ten, and you would be not okay with that, but not as worried as at eight or seven. Them saying, "Hey, can I just run to the store?" Yeah, definitely not eight or seven. Ethan will be seven Sunday, and there's no way I'm sending Ethan to the store by himself. Hey, happy birthday! (laughs) Yes, I would say ten. I would say ten. What about your girls? Because I know that's. I should be asking email that because guys are probably more. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, and I'm really weird. I think I've, I've seen too many movies and TV shows that I I always like think the worst. So I like the other day TJ and I were going to the store and Ethan's like, "Can I go?" I'm like, 
Yeah, and hold his hand like you hold mommy's hand. <laughs> <laughs> it probably looks stupid and uncool, but it's just like my imagination just goes really wild with stuff like that. I probably never let even Ellie go anywhere by themselves. Would you send them together? Like everywhere. Take your sister. Yeah, I don't want to be that parent. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just, like, email now. He's so preachy, preachy. Like, your brother's your best friend. Your sister's your best friend. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be like it's other people out here. <laughs> um, so I don't, like, I wouldn't say that. But I don't, I, I would have to see. Eva's already, already really grown. So she's probably going to have to stay in the house with me forever because I don't. <laughs> she, she just, I'm like Eva, really? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My, uh, although that quote, I saw that quote today. I got a glimpse of it because Caden's supposed to be starting school in September because that whole stupid age limit crap. But he's supposed to be starting in September. We took him like just to look at the school. <laughs> And the lady was like, you know, he can sit in the class if he wants. And I'm like, I'm a little more nervous. Like, no, he can stay with us. And he, he went right into the class, mm-hmm. didn't care. And we were like, Caden, we're leaving. And he didn't even look back. <laughs> so Tiffany went back into the office to speak to the principal. I'm standing outside the door like, uh. Looking dumb. <laughs> trying to knock to get his attention. Like, hey, you sure you don't want to? Sure, you don't want to come with uh, mommy and daddy? No, okay, okay. Yeah, but kids think... be the coolest in those type of environments. It'd be the parents. It'd be us. Yeah. So my my graduate release, like he asked to go to his grandparents' house now, and I'm like, nigga, we love you too. You stay up here. Two seconds. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I know I'm gonna have a a time. Especially first day of school, I'm gonna have a time, and I just gotta keep preparing myself. My, I think my fear is I don't want him to be in a place where there's new kids and they're clickish, and he's got to be the odd one out. But he's social anyhow. Mm-hmm. But I, that's just my biggest fear is that I, I don't want him being the odd one out. Yeah. Can BJ can attest to it? Like when she was going to college, we went to uh, I think it was a, a a mixer where they just told you about the school and things like that. I'm grabbing people from different circles and bringing them over and like <laughs> almost crowding crowding Kim DJ. Well, crowding them because <laughs> like uh-uh. <laughs> I'm like, no, hey, hey, come over here. My sister's going to the school too. Hey, hey you, yeah, y'all come over here. Like, I think they're big brother. I just, because I'm social and I know I don't have a problem meeting friends and talking to people. I still, I feel bad when there's people I'm around and I feel like I got to uh, babysit you the whole night or. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> Y'all don't grow up. Y'all not going anywhere. It's just stay in house. Not go go to go to online school. No. 
But the euphoria thing, why are you nervous about your kids going to school outside of just society being jacked up? High school, yo, yeah, man. High school is a different animal now. If what they're portraying high school to be, like on Netflix with that um, 13 Reasons Why and now Euphoria and um, what's the other one? All American, like, mm, no, y'all gonna be homeschooled. That's what's happening <laughs> in high school. It's like, it's too much. Like when we went in high school, there wasn't there were cell phones, but it wasn't it wasn't like camera phones. So it was like no sexting. Now there's like Snapchat, and it will just like send your nudes and everything to everybody, and the drugs and the social media and the is just too much, too much, too much. You you have to be mentally sound <laughs> to make it through high school in today's society. And it's like, this is only 2019. I'm talking about seven years from now for Ethan. I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine. I think it starts with... Uh... And you hit it right on the head. You got to be mentally sound. There's got to be another switch that you got to hit to, like, even pre- prepare yourself. Yeah, so, like, the main character, she's an addict. Like, she's 17. She's an addict. Um, she, she almost died, like, collapsed. Her sister found her in the room, and they, you know, they got her back to life. And she had to spend the summer in rehab before her senior year. Um, so there's that, and then they have like these parties, and they're like drugging girls and raping them, having sex in the pool. Um, one of the girls that lost her virginity, the guy was recording her, and he like sent the snap to everybody in the school, and they're like, like laughing at her, and she's like fat. So it's like you have the fat thing, and then you have like the sex tape thing. Um, so then she saw the video online and she saw how many likes it got. So she signed up to do like soft porn for like Pornhub. She's like, she's 17. She's 17. I'm like, this cannot, like, this can't be life. This can't be life. It's just too much. The jocks. I can't. I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I remember when we were in. Um, <laughs> I remember when we. Were, I, I must have been in college or just coming out of college, and it was a teenager in um, in Harlem. It was a teenager in Harlem at the church. Uh, he said sent the nude to his girlfriend. And she got mad at him, and you said nude as his Facebook profile picture. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you could, or, or, like already, already, you, you have a whole bunch of church people that follow you, and now <laughs> this thing that you sent in in private. And pun, no pun intended, but the thing that you sent in private is now your Facebook profile photo. 
Yeah, that's that's bananas. And I remember his mom like being furious, like you need to talk to him because I'm gonna kill him. And I'm like, well, one, you gotta find out he he didn't put it up himself. And if he did, he's very bold. But he didn't put it up himself. <laughs> he got mad, and she decided that's how she was gonna get even. Use his stuff against him. Yeah, I, that was too much for me. And I was in 2013. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm teaching my boys now that your private parts are not for entertainment. So if I preach that to them, I'm hoping for like the next seven years, they would, it would be in their mind that their private parts shouldn't be exposed or shared on social media, text messages, whatever. Your private part is not for anybody's entertainment. That's private. That's yours. That's not to be seen by anybody else. I'm teaching my boys that now. So hopefully that carries, that stays with them for the next decade and they don't get caught up in this whole nude wave and pornography. It's just disgusting. I don't want to think about it. You got something else? Yeah, man. I got something else, man. Tyler gave you niggas gospel. At the BT I gotta completely just yeah, because I was gonna go someplace else. Tyler gave us gospel at the BT Awards, man. Yeah. Up with it. Um, here's my uh, two minute Tyler Perry spiel. I used to hate Tyler Perry. I was about to say because y'all niggas dragged Tyler Perry for years. Drag that man. Now everybody at his. All right. No, Go ahead. I, I, I still, I still don't like Tyler Perry, and that's because I felt like every story had the same. Like you could almost guess the plot to a Tyler story movie. Oh, what do you know? Woman was hurt by man. Oh, what do you know? Man's being portrayed as the dirty dog. Oh, what do you like? You can almost set your clock to it. So. That kind of everybody was into the Medea plays. I avoided them. <laughs> it, I didn't care when a new one came out. I know everybody had the, the DVDs when they came out. I avoided them. When I saw Mr. Brown and um, who's the other nigga from um, Curtis? Mm-hmm. Curtis Payne, the Paynes. When I saw Brown and Payne, those were the highlights of Tyler Perry's plays to me because they were comedic relief. Other than that, I don't really care too much. For Tyler, I respect him as an African-American male who's made his mark, who's become a gatekeeper. All stuff that he was pretty much saying. Y'all talking about Oscars were so white. I created my own table. I gave him respect for doing that. And he's employed a lot of African-Americans. Yeah. I, I give him that. He built this thing up. Um, and if, please correct me if I'm wrong with his story, but wasn't he homeless? Yes, he was. Okay. So to build himself up from being homeless to where he is now, I commend him. I do think he needs to diversify his storytelling and writing. Yeah, I would agree. I think he need. I think he needs to do that. But he gave you niggas gospel. Like 
There's so many people's livelihoods that's connected to your dream. Own your own stuff, essentially. And I, I played it back at least three or four times because I'm like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. And as I listen to it, I'm like, I get it. You can employ people if you're if you're working your dream as opposed to working somebody else's. You can employ people to work for you. Yeah. If your thing blows up, <clears throat> your thing blows up, and now you have multiple uh, departments, that's people that are working with you, but also their livelihood is resting on that vision, that baby, that dream that you had. I feel right. like I'm pre... Y'all don't hear me. Where's Oregon? Where's Oregon? What key you in? <laughs> but nah, but when when he when he spoke, I understood like I don't want to be an icon, I want to be an inspiration. And not that I was confused, but I used to always think, well, how did Oprah get a billionaire from being a talk a talk show host? Obviously, she was being paid very well <laughs> to host her show. Then she became the executive producer of her own show. Yeah. And then she developed a magazine. And then she developed this and this and this and this and this. But I was looking at it from a a dumb perspective of, well, how could a talk show host be a billionaire? This is when I was young. Forgive me, Oprah. I'm sorry. She forgives me. I saw the error of my ways. Um... But I looked at that and I looked at Tyler Perry and I'm like, nah, I get it. From plays, you built all this up from plays. You got a following. You got, um, not to say, well, yeah, yeah, call it what it is. You got a following and whatever you put out, your following is going to be there to support. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV show. Whether if they've seen it a hundred times or not, they're still going to sign up to see it because you've built that following. Yeah. So I wanted to shout out Tyler for that, but yeah, that I, I didn't, I I wasn't a fan. I'm still not a fan. This is not going to make me go watch all his shows or his movies. I skip them every single time. Tyler Perry movie comes out, get your money, Tyler. It just won't be getting it from me. Cold world. It's cold world. But yeah, Tyler's been he's been a jewel dropper for a long time now. No surprise there. Did you watch the BT Awards? I totally forgot about the BT Awards and um Remember how they used to run it like back to back to back back in the day? Yep. They don't do that anymore, but I did manage to find it last night. Um, I recorded it and I watched it this morning, very early this morning, because my girls were up very early this morning. Um, yeah, it was BT. Regina was really, really good. Um, I really enjoyed her. Um, the baby. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> who else performed? Lizzo. That's my bitch, yo. 
Uh, her. Her. Her was dope. Her was dope. Before it's all said and done, she's probably going to be my favorite performer of this generation. Before yeah. it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, Mary's set was dope. It had its moments. It had its moments. I think Regina carried it really well. Um, Nipsey, his mom. <laughs> Nipsey's mom is on another. She's on another wave. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> She said that. Yeah. At the funeral. Yeah, she's on another she's on another she's on some different frequencies. Um that was a cool moment. Um his grandma was she looks really strong and well. Uh, I was surprised. Um like she sounds strong, like I've seen her, but she's like she sounds really strong and coherent. Um, that was a nice moment. Uh, but yeah, it was it was okay. It was solid. I would say three are and a you, half out of five. I would give it. Are you here for uh, Cardi getting all these awards for writing? When let's be honest, she doesn't write. I don't care. I don't care about that. No matter. Does it? No, not to me. It doesn't matter. I just think it's funny that she's getting awards for writing and she doesn't write. And I guess it's because she's the it thing right now. So they're giving mm-hmm. her her just due. But it's like you don't have to force. That's my that's my issue is you don't have to force awards to her. They're going to come. Yeah. Be the awards it. are going to come. But giving her, letting her be the first female to receive a writer's award is kind of like a slap in the face. <laughs> Who are the nominees in that category? I don't remember. I don't even know. I don't know. But for you to not give it to Missy or Kim or anybody, prior, like, not to say, oh, I'm coming with this old head mentality, not giving graces, like, respecting Cardi. She's it right now, obviously. But there are too many other people before her that deserve that for her to be the first person, first female to yeah. receive it. Yeah. She'll be back, buddy. <laughs> I mean, the phone died again because it's time to go to bed. Well, but yeah, um, I liked her's performance. Uh, back to BT, Cardi and Offset. I really, eh. Yeah, it was like, yeah, typical stripper husband type energy. All I know is breezy in four days. No, I lied. Breezy in three days. Yeah. I'll make you niggas tuck your whole summer in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you listen to my advice and break up Heartbreak on a Full Moon? No. Um, no. Uh, did not. What happened? Oh, it's the summertime. So, like, the laundry is really small. So, I, I was in there, like, in and out. 
I didn't even require like a playlist or like music on that visit. Um, but yeah, next week I can do it because you gotta wash everything like comforter, sheets, all that good stuff. So that'll be, a, and then we're going away this weekend, so that'll be extra stuff. Um, so yeah, I'll put a reminder on my phone to listen. What was it? Twenty three to the end. Twenty three down. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. 23 down. Do you have a show before we cut out of here? Yeah. Um, I want to read the synopsis, the little thingy of it, whatever it's called. I don't know. Uh, City on a Hill. If I could just get my computer to respond, that'll be fine. If not... That'll be cool, too. Um, City on a Hill. Where's the show? on Showtime. Starring. Oh, what's his name? Kevin Bacon. In the early 90s. Here we go. In early 1990s Boston, violent criminals, corruption, and racism are a part of the norm. Racism in Boston? No way. No way. Hailing from Brooklyn, District Attorney DeCourcy Ward, black dude, seeks change and forms a surprising alliance with a hardened FBI veteran, Kevin Bacon. This unlikely duo takes on a family of armored car robbers from Charleston, the case evolves into the change that Boston needs by altering the city's criminal justice system. City on a Hill. Showtime Sundays at 9. Okay. City on a Hill. All right. Yeah. First season. Brand new show. Mine is a movie, and I don't usually do this for movies that only have a trailer. But the trailer looks kind of fire, so you know what? I'm going with it. Netflix you. movie Point Blank. Okay. Did it, it come out like, or it comes out Friday? No, it comes out. It comes out. It comes out. Comes out Friday? Yeah. Point Blank. Um if you got two minutes to look at the, the okay. trailer. It looks pretty dope. Who's in it? I never know the, the black dude's name. He was a, a, in Avengers. Um, oh, the fake... Uh... <laughs> the fake Captain America? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him. I, I, I never know his name. Me either. He was yeah. Papa Doc. In... Papa Doc, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but... Ah! No, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Papa Doc's in it, but it. It looks pretty good. So if it's not, it's not. And it'll be the last time I ever do anything off of a trailer. But point blank. All right. Will you enjoy your weekend? Everyone else? We'll try. She's ready for Monday. Um. Oh, let me do. Let me do this. I'm sorry. I should have done this at the top of the show. I apologize. 
Last week, when we called Mary, I should have thought to call Thomas, who's also a long-time listener to the show. And he's in a, a similar situation, but to hear a male standpoint of the whole step-parent thing, it was a missed opportunity. And I said I should have should have got him up here after to Mary. But you live and you learn. Hold it. You live and you learn. There'll be other times we'll we'll need him up here. So, but that's all I have. You niggas stay, uh, niggas heads high. <laughs> Keep your heads high. Uh, be on the lookout for free agency because it's gonna get crazy. It's gonna be a crazy summer. I feel like it is. Yeah, for sure. Next week's show gonna be lit. And uh. Oh. Yes, sir.